Road to Life of Michigan's Life Beat podcast. I am your host today, Anna, still technically Visser, with Grace Hemmeke. And Chris will not be joining us because he is actually, I think he's already there at the March for Life, the National March for Life. So he is there and he's participating in that and he's going to be reporting back to us how that is going. So that means that he's not here with us today. We're going to get right into it. And so we're going to talk about an article from the National Review. It is in light of the recent changes that the FDA made to the REMS, which is restrictions on the abortion pill, you know, guidelines you have to follow when prescribing it or giving it to someone. And so they wrote an article about it talking about how it's going to, you know, firm pharmacists don't know that it's dangerous after the FDA changed the REMS CVS and Walgreens announced that they will be providing it at their pharmacies so Grace is going to explain a little bit about that and about the National Review article. Yes so the National Review article is reviewing a different article from the Journal of American Pharmacists Association And their article found that there's a lot of gaps in pharmacists' knowledge about chemical abortions. Uh, They found that only 53% of pharmacists, that's just a little more than half, knew the risks of taking mifepristone. So if they don't know the risks, maybe maybe they shouldn't be distributing it blindly. But um, they also found that only 42% of pharmacists were aware of the FDA's gestational age limit for chemical abortions, which is at 10 weeks. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Yes. (laughs) But um, I know places have distributed it up to 15 weeks, which can be very dangerous. So that's a really interesting article and kind of makes me wonder, like, why are... Maybe this is giving them too much benefit of the doubt, but why would large pharmacies choose to distribute something that they don't widely know about? And is this money? Yeah, but that was my first <laughs> thought. Is this primarily monetary gain? Like, I think it's interesting because the new REMS stated that pharmacies have to go through training in order to be able to distribute the abortion pill. That's assuming that not all of them are going to... It sounds like CVS and Walgreens are going to, but maybe not all of their locations. The only training that is laid out clearly is that the pharmacies have to, training that they go through is to know that it's confidential. You can't give out the information that someone got an abortion pill from your pharmacy. That's basically, it's a confidentiality clause. So that's essentially the only training that they have to go through you know, if you read between the lines or really not between the lines because it's very clear why they're doing that. If a woman is endangered and she received the pill from that pharmacy, they don't want to be liable for that. And so if they don't, you know, like if a woman dies or is injured and her family wants to know what happened and they try to reach out to the pharmacy or the doctors or whatever, they don't have to tell them anything, give them any records, say that they gave them any medication or what medication. It's all very hidden. And that's, you know, they say, oh, we're going to give our pharmacists training. Maybe they should be training them that you shouldn't be giving this to women at all. But you shouldn't be giving it to women, especially 10 weeks or more Hmm. pregnant. 
Yeah. And if, if a woman has something that a pharmacist can't diagnose, like an ectopic pregnancy, right, that is critical that she not take the abortion pill then. Right. And within the REMS, it says anyone who is capable of diagnosing an ectopic pregnancy or um, a dangerous pregnancy, anyone who could perform a surgical abortion, and anyone who can find out the gestational age of the pregnancy. Obviously, it would be a doctor, most likely, that could do all of those things, you would think. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go to the doctor. (laughs) The doctor's going to check all those things, make sure that they don't have an ectopic pregnancy, and then fill that prescription for them. Either they're going to do that through telemedicine, through forms. They're never, because of the changing of the REMS last year by the FDA, that's when they allowed telemedicine. And so now you mix the telemedicine with pharmacies being able to fill this prescription and mail it to people's houses. It's going to make a really dangerous situation for for women for families trying to find out what happened to their loved ones if something did no accountability will be they won't be able to be held accountable you know you kind of have to think about what about teenage girls who find out they're pregnant don't want their parents to know they go online get the abortion pills have them mailed to their house or have a friend pick them up or whatever it may be the parents will never know that their daughter is having an abortion in their bathroom upstairs that's obviously a very traumatic situation very painful one that no one should have to go through at all especially alone yeah and i guess if the pharmacists don't know what the complications could be or don't know the dangers how would they be able to tell those girls what to expect? Right. Like, how could they tell them that they they would expect a lot of pain during a, well, t- having the chemical abortion like that? That's one of the complications. You, mm-hmm. You're just going to experience that because of what you're doing. But they would be totally unequipped as medical professionals to keep these people safe to whom they're distributing these pills. It kind of looks like, medical trust and this confidentiality just turned into just making making the whole procedure more dangerous for women than like it's already a dangerous procedure right but if you're being so confidential about it and if you as a pharmacist are only taking a woman's word for how far along she is in a pregnancy or if you're only taking her word for what kind of pregnancy she has and you're not diagnosing that and you're not doing your due diligence that is on you as a medical professional. That's that's your job, and you're endangering your patients by doing that. Right. And the thing is, because the FDA changed the REMS, Michigan, not all states, but Michigan does have reporting laws. This would make it to where if something did happen to your loved one, if they were injured or killed from this, it says that they can report it to the pharmacy. Who reports it to the pharmacy? And why would the pharmacy follow up if they're so, using this as a right, way to make so money? So essentially, anything, any, anything that happens that's bad from this, uh, the state won't have reporting on that data. There's no mandatory that they have to tell the doctor or the police or whatever. They're, they're just saying, oh, just, just go tell your pharmacy. 
where you think your loved one got the pills from, but they won't tell you that they actually got the pills from there. Mm. Can't confirm. It's a lot of virtue signaling, I think. The whole farm, Walgreens and CVS, they immediately made a move to get these yes, in their pharmacies. They did. Which leads us to our next point. Right to Life of Michigan has created a petition for everyone to sign telling CVS and Walgreens to not add the abortion pill to their pharmacies, to not fill these prescriptions, to not put women in danger. We don't exactly know where they're at in this process of getting the pills into their pharmacies. I think it was last week or the week before when they announced. So they only announced so far that they plan. We think so. Yes, they announced a couple weeks ago that they were planning on providing these in their pharmacies. They didn't say if it was going to be specific ones or all of them or if they all had to do this or... You know, they didn't give the the details about it, but we created this petition so that you could tell them that this is very dangerous, that we do not want an abortion facility on every corner in our country. It, It also is a petition to other pharmacies that haven't announced it, but might you know we you never know that this is a horrible idea and we will not support you and we will boycott you if you decide to follow follow suit of walgreens and cvs and the petition can be found and signed at rtl.org slash online dash petition please share it with your friends and your family and share it on social media so that way as many people as possible can sign this petition. I know a lot of pro-life, other pro-life organizations are also having petitions. So just as many voices as we can get to say we're not going to stand by you if you decide to do this would be amazing. Yeah, more support the better. Yes. This weekend on January 22nd, which is a Sunday, is Mark's the 50th i believe yes 50th i guess anniversary but anniversary sounds kind of happy to me (laughs) i don't know what else to call it 50th anniversary of roe v wade being decided you know for some states this is kind of a way to look back and say we finally got it overturned and this is great and we're going to celebrate for other states it's just a reminder that for the past 50 years they've had abortion in their states and they're going to continue to have abortions in their states because of constitutional amendments or state laws like Michigan, unfortunately. So because of that anniversary, the March for Life is tomorrow in Washington, D.C. And I'm very curious to see the turnout. Yeah, well, people not come because it's been overturned i mean we're celebrating that it's been overturned but what's that going to do for support maybe more people will come because it's been overturned maybe this is going to be a huge celebration week i don't know yeah i think the focus is definitely different because in you know last 49 years you went there to protest and march Mm -hmm. to peacefully march for the six 60 million plus lives that have been lost and you know protesting that this needs to end and so this year it might look it's going to be different because Mm -hmm. some people will still be protesting some people will be celebrating like we said so it's going to be an interesting event and then also because of the roe v wade anniversary sunday is also sanctity of human life sunday 
which is an awareness day to bring awareness to, you know, the lives that have been lost. A lot of pro-life churches are going to be having memorials. You can find those on our website. Yes. Or if you want to march locally, check out our website for affiliate Right to Life marches. They're just all over Michigan and your Mm -hmm. local towns. Yeah. So there's a lot of affiliates that are having prayer vigils or, you know, they're having their own march. Um, So these are happening all throughout the weekend. I think probably the marches are tomorrow most of them yeah Mm -hmm. and then the sanctity of human life is all going to be on sunday if you want to be involved in any of those they're all on our website i believe the url is (laughs) rtl.org slash events or at least it should be yeah if you want to do something within your local community just check those out and i'm sure there's something hopefully there's something near you Another big, maybe not big, but we think it should be big, uh, video that has surfaced is, I, I don't know where the guy is from or if he's just a guy that went and did interviews. The PragerU video about Gen Z? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't, he's from PragerU. That's all okay. I've got on him. Well, but it was done in California, the video. Yes. A man went to... California, to the streets of California, to interview Gen Z women, to ask them if they would rather have the right to abortion or the right to vote. If they had to pick one, which one would they pick? And you could probably tell by the way I'm laughing, the fact that it's from California, what their answer was for all of them that were interviewed in this video. They all picked... The right to abortion. Yep. Uh, yep. That's and hilariously depressing. Yeah. I mean, it's the right to vote, ladies. Who would... Yeah, That's that seems like more important. And that would seem like a prerequisite to the right to abortion. Right. <laughs> right. Like, if... what? It, how are you going to vote to have the right to an abortion if you can't vote? So that, essentially, if all women decided, well, I want the right to abortion and not the right to vote, you're leaving the right to vote up to men. And they could argue, women from California, that men are not going to give them the right to abortion. So I just, the logic is interesting. It's a silly little dichotomy. But um, the lady who shared it with us, she made an interesting observation that religion, for a lot of these pro-abortion people well abortion is their religion mm-hmm. and that is the one thing that thou shalt not touch ever they have to have it at all costs which when you th- when i think about religion and someone's religion i think about something that you you know you probably think about this your religion every day you probably center your whole life around your religion and it's a big part of your life and yeah, I, I don't know it's it's for some people, the reason why they're on this earth and why they have purpose. So to to think about how some for some women, abortion is their religion means that they have centered their thoughts, everything they do, they're constantly thinking about abortion. I can't imagine. Yeah, and let's put it in like real terms here. Their their life then is centered around killing innocent children. Right. For, for pro-life people that work in the pro-life movement, I could argue that they probably think a lot about abortion. 
but not in the sense that you feel entitled every single day and the decisions you make are going to be centered around whether you can have an abortion or not. And I, I just can't imagine what kind of mindset that puts you in for, Gen- your, for yeah. your life and your day. Gen Z must be really not a great generation. We're both Gen Z, we right? Are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we are. Oh, man. Okay, so pro-lifers, if you want to do a little outreach... Find some Gen Z people and tell them what's going on with abortion. Like, just, you know, tell the truth. Maybe a lot, let's, maybe a lot of these Californian ladies who have grown up in a very, very liberal and pro-abortion environment, maybe they don't know. Like, maybe there's no one there to tell them. Oh, I'm sure there isn't. And to them, they have never heard it any other way. They've never thought about it any other way. They just were probably raised, are surrounded by people who believe that you have to have the right to abortion and your life is over and you're going to be controlled by men. If you don't, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're nothing if you don't have it. We do need to be sympathetic to that fact that most of us were raised with the idea that or or we've changed our minds because of something that abortion is wrong but when you grew up on the opposite side of that it would be interesting to hear someone say well actually no you're wrong you're not just gonna agree with them right away you're probably gonna get a little frustrated maybe hostile so I think that's an important fact to remember when you're talking about someone who has it so ingrained in their mind they're not just going to change their mind if you give them a couple facts and yeah it's a it's a worldview at that point mm-hmm. that's you've grown up seeing the world through the lens of abortion like is good yes like a religion you grow up um, seeing the world from a point of christianity or whatever religion you are it's going to be hard to change your your point of view from that yeah and you can't just immediately go up to somebody and oppose them i mean we do our, our worldviews the pro-abortion and the pro-life worldviews do not match one is right and one is wrong and they don't get to live side by side admitting that hey we can make this work together there's a compromise here there's not because right. life is valuable and we shouldn't be aborting children but you can't go and immediately oppose someone who's grown up with the opposing worldview I mean, there's got to be a an investment in a relationship in actual logic and reasoning and emotional support before they're going to turn around and change their mind and agree with what you're saying. Right. For us, we see that video and we think, oh, I, if, if any of those girls ever saw this video on Twitter, which is where I think it's from, I bet they would be so embarrassed and like, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be. They would not. They wouldn't be. It, similar to the video also from California by Savannah. She does interviews of people and asking if what the cutoff for abortion should be. If if they think it's okay to abort a baby who's nine months out of the womb. Out of well, the womb? Well, at that point, yeah. At that point, it's not um, abortion. It's just killing someone. 
murder basically i mean it's all killing someone but in their terms it would they'd be infanticide rather than abortion the life is still ending it's right at a different time and these people thought it was perfectly fine so i equate it to that that they probably watched that video back and were like yeah that still makes sense to me i don't feel like an idiot for saying that man california's wild there's a lot of work to be done in outreach (laughs) (laughs) that's my takeaway from this Find, find the young people i mean they'll probably talk to you Another interesting story that came up this week was a soccer player, a woman's soccer player from, I think the team is a French team, Lion French soccer team, women's soccer team. One of their players announced that she was pregnant to them. And so she said, I'm going to go on maternity leave. Um, I'm going to continue to train on my own, but I'm going to go on maternity leave and I want to come back and I want to keep playing. So this is not the end of my career. I just want to go on a leave on a leave. And I plan to come back and I plan to, you know, continue being a strong player on this team. And so, you know, the coaches and the owner of the team, they said, okay. So while on maternity leave, she figured out that she was not getting paid every month. And um According to the team, they were following French laws that say, well, we only have to pay you for two months, and then after that, we don't have to pay you. Ultimately, it was uh, a successful ending for the player. She, um, I think she sued them through... Mm, I hope so. Through, I forget, it's like some soccer organization. I am, I'm not a sporty F-I-F person. something. And she won the lawsuit, so they had to pay her her whole salary for the time that she was pregnant on maternity leave, which was great. It sets the precedent that maternity leave is important. We still value people even if they're pregnant. In the which worst sounds part. so weird to it say does. out loud. It sounds like common sense. Like, obviously, you should do that. Right. I mean, pregnancy discrimination is that the term pregnancy discrimination i guess okay that's real yeah why would you why would you employ a woman if she's gonna get pregnant like if you as an employer know that an employee is not going to work for nine months and you're still gonna have to pay them maybe not their full salary but you're still gonna have to pay them why would you employ that person from a purely money standpoint, right, it doesn't wouldn't. make sense. But that is that is a perspective that has like zero value for the role of a mother, motherhood in general. For the it, economy. It really devalues <laughs> women. Right. That's why we have wonderful laws that protect against that. But, um, and obviously the story happened in France but I think it just goes to show that kind of our whole society, our whole world has this negative viewpoint and looks at at having children and pregnancy as a negative thing that is annoying to deal with. It is inconvenient. It's not productive for society. Hello, society is made up of people. <laughs> We need to continue to grow and progress in order to remain a society. So, it's yeah, it's sad that that happened. I'm glad it ended well for yes. her. Yes, 
Yes. And I think, you know, ESPN picked up the story and I forget who reported on it initially. She wrote an article about it explaining her whole perspective on it and her whole point of view and how um, I think this just feeds into the fact that a lot of professional athletes and a lot of people in the Olympics are are coerced and feel pressured into having an abortion in that circumstance because they can't continue their career because they're not going to get paid or they can't go on maternity leave or they can't bring their baby on you know away games to breastfeed them Mm. that was also another issue that she was having and so unfortunately a lot of these a lot of these athletes feel pressured to have an abortion because they're seen as an inconvenience and they don't want to lose their job I'm happy that the story was the other way around and that she she still had support systems with her teammates and the doctors on the team and her family was able to support her and hopefully this moves in the direction of sports teams owners of sports teams coaches seeing that it's not the end of the world for their team if if a player is gone for a couple months and wants to start a family yeah no comment i agree (laughs) (laughs) so yes those were the big the interesting slash big pro-life stories that we saw this week next week we're going to be having another normal life beat episode and then after that one we have a very special guest joining us so be sure to stay tuned if you're going to the march for life i hope you have an amazing time and you stay safe and warm and for the rest of you i hope you have a great weekend